Hey there, and thanks for checking out this first episode of Chimp Chat and Chill, brought to you by Crown Chimp and the letter C. This podcast will be an exploration of movies and occasionally TV from the perspective of a film crew and sometimes our friends and special guests. So Crown Chimp Films is a video production company here in Arizona, and they do movies and TV, shorts and documentaries, um, pretty much anywhere, not just in stinky old Arizona. Um, in this first episode, we're going to take a look at our favorite films from 2015 that we saw. Um, so you'll hear opinions from Nick Duarte, who is the director at Crown Chimp Films, uh, Drew Grubick, which is a stupid last name, but he's the producer, um, so he just sits around all day and um, gets high, I think. Uh, Frank Armendarez, that's how you pronounce his last name, he's a content producer. Mike Clark, um, he's a sound guy. He's also kind of, well, uh, we edited a lot of his stuff out of this uh, episode. Anyway, um, and myself, uh, Sonia, pronounced like Tanya or Lasagna uh, Campbell. I'm a makeup artist for film. Sometimes I do some stuff for Crown Chimp, and um, I'm also going to be acting as a moderator for this podcast. So we'll be rating films um, on a banana scale, 1 to 10. 10 is the best, and 1 is the worst. Um, sometimes we go on ripe or unripe bananas, or sometimes banana runs, or kid bananas. And in part two, we're going to discuss our 2016 Oscar picks, because, you know, you care. All right, so let's get started. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and Periscope, Crown Chimp Films. So here we are now doing this podcast episode one of Chimp, Chat, and Chill. And as discussed, we're doing our top ten, starting with number ten on everyone's list. Let's start with Nick. So your number ten pick for 2015 was what? Uh, <laughs> my number ten was Ida, which uh, it came out in 2014, but whatever. <laughs> I right, saw it in 2015. Enough. Off and running. Yeah. <laughs> so what the hell is Ida? I don't think anyone else saw it. Uh, Ida is, I think, a Polish film. That, is it Polish? Yeah. yeah. Sounds Polish. Yeah. Uh, it follows this nun that finds out that she was actually Jewish, and then there's some stuff with the Holocaust, but it's just this little, like, story about self-identity, and really, really well shot. It's the best composition of any film that I saw that entire year. So, Frank, your number 10, according to this list, is a film called Zorro Girl. Is that serious? <laughs> it's not serious. No, I, it was... What uh, is your actual number con. 10? Um... I'm going to say the, the Revenant. You um, just oh, saw the Revenant. I know I did. That's way down there. Well, okay, <laughs> but to be fair, I don't know that this list is necessarily from top to bottom the best to right. the worst. So. You're not necessarily ranking, even yeah, though ranking we were going to so. rank them. Let's, let's, let's just go on with the Revenant, then. Go on with, go the on with your bad okay. self with the Revenant. What did you um, like about it? Well, I thought the story overall was a little flat, but I think it was uh, it had a really interesting virtual reality feel, like video game feel to it. <laughs> of course I'm going to go with that because I'm still, I had just I? seen it. I just, I just, <laughs> yeah, I'm still high. Um, I think it was the way it was shot. It was predominantly handheld, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, That was the same and, day that uh, Frank was like, everything felt like virtual reality. 
Like, guys, this reality feels like virtual reality to me. I understand what you're talking um, about. There's that action scene. It's all one long, continuous shot. Yeah, and they do that a lot. And just the, the camera movement, the director <clears throat> the director does it a lot. Uh, the camera movement, um, there's a scene when the arrows are mm-hmm. flying towards the boat. Um, that was just really, really neat. Yeah. Um, and then the cinematography was, was beautiful. Um, I'm stuck on that forest scene with the, the torches. Mm-hmm. Um, the glowing and the orange and the trees. Are just really yeah, I feel like at this point, Manny Lubeski just can't make anything bad. Yes. All right, Sonia, what's your number 10? My number 10 is... Oh, the Hateful Eight. <laughs> <laughs> the Hateful Eight in 70 millimeter, like a snob, because um, I really... I love the score. Duh. Um, had some dream. had some leftover music they didn't use in John Carpenter's The Thing, which is awesome. You could hear which which pieces were probably supposed to be in The Thing. Um, you know, really sinister. Made it gave you kind of a horror film feel. Um, I mean, you you definitely should see it in the way that it's supposed to be seen. Just because they also have the entire um, dingus, the dingus, dingus. and. What is the the overture? And they yeah. have the you intermission. Know, intermission, and it gives it a really cool, like old feel. Um, you know, like that that vibe that you're supposed to get when you're watching the film. He kind of like he sets up the theme and the feel from the very beginning. You don't lose it throughout the entire film. So I really dug cool. like the whole. It's on my list too, and like the whole roadshow aspect of it was yeah. really really fun to like make a whole event, and a bunch right. of us went all out to go watch it and. It was just really cool. Like you said, the overture and the intermission, they mm-hmm. gave out programs. And yeah, I programs forgot what are it was cool. like to actually see a I film. heard the pinup in the middle of the program was different. And my, mine oh. is Samuel L. Jackson. Who'd you guys get? I think we know Sam Jackson. Yeah, someone. Oh, a friend of mine said she got somebody else. Let's move on. Right, what is next. your number 10 of 2015, Mike? My number Refer 10. Refer to the mass text. Mass text. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Now that I've seen Sicario, I don't know where to put that. And I've seen The Revenant. Um, I can tell you, get rid of Spy, because I'm sure that's a garbage movie. Spy was hella entertaining. Are you fucking... Um, (laughs) I don't know what that is. Uh, I will push... It's a McCarthy movie where... Okay, fine. I will push down... That's it. Okay, I have to... Um, hmm. I'll make a judgment call then. Fine. I will (laughs) You can make a judgment call on your own top ten, yeah. I will do... Some would argue the whole top ten is a judgment. Okay, call. I will. Okay, I will move. I'll move Avengers: Age of Ultron down to number ten. Okay. So, what did you like so but much if about? You're going to put Spy up, and that's. <laughs> and we're ta- we're talking about like so. This is like, this is a overripe banana, right? Yeah, totally. Like not like it's, this is like the the bottom of the scale. Yeah, it's like one little yeah. micro banana. It's, okay. it's like oh, right. two thirds of a plantain. Banana. Micro. Well, what about, what's the little tiny bananas <laughs> that we were talking about? Like itty bitty bananas. A plantain. No, you were talking. You were talking about like That's half a large. banana or like a banana kid or. <laughs> yeah, a banana kid. <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, right. We're talking about anyway. banana runs. Runs. Okay. Runs. Mm. So yes, yes. so Avengers to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure, it's banana kid. What did you like yeah, yeah. about it, though? I wasn't planning um, on getting drunk for this. Part. So, you know, <laughs> how did I, they get in your top ten? When I go, when I go to see a movie, um, you know, it's about it's still for me about the idea of an escape. Um, you know, it's it's supposed to be fun. I'm I'm all about a, a complex story, and I'm all about you know incredible cinematography and stuff like that. But at the same time, too, I want to go to a movie and enjoy it. Right. One hundred percent. When I saw Avengers Age of Ultron the first time, I just had an absolute blast watching it. It was entertaining as hell. Uh, 
not the prettiest film, not the greatest storyline by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, it was just, uh, for me, being a fan of comic books, and I like the way that the, the genre, the comic book film is moving in, uh, I think it was a good progression, and I just really, I mean, I can enjoy, I can enjoy watching it anytime. All right. So, Drew. Yeah, yes. Number 10 on your list. Yes. Is Star Wars. Now, are you talking about Star Wars from 1974? Or are you Where talking about that? 2015's The oh, Force Awakens? Scoop, Drew. I'm What's talking up? about 2015's Magnificence. Oh, wait, that's number 10 on your list? Uh, it's also number 4. You know what? Okay. Yeah. It's I put it on there. It's last twice. and it's fourth. Let's yeah. just stick. Yeah. You want to say that Star Wars is your number 10, though? Yeah, I do. Right. And I want to keep it as number four as well. Okay. For, for different <laughs> Let, reasons. That's fine. Let's I talk about why it's your number 10. I, as, as a film, I think it was um, really, really well done. And um, I think it was better than the 900 other movies or whatever that weren't on the top 10. I think it's just a, a pacing-wise, acting-wise, written, character-wise, J.J. Abrams does a great job with mythologies and making them current. But it was super enjoyable. And then I put it as uh, number four as just a, a nerd boy. We'll get to that later. So, <laughs> at this point, <laughs> at your number ten, I get all that. Are you a big Star Wars fan? I am. I am, yeah. And have I, you always I, been? I ha- always have been, yeah. I, I grew up when as they were coming out and a little bit uh, after and I was right there for the heartbreak of of Phantom Menace I think with everybody else and was just really delighted to see it come out and be a good movie first movie I've seen that I think was added to by being in 3D I didn't see it in 3D. Yeah. I didn't see it either. First I movie, see it yeah. 3D first, every day. I don't need to see it. First movie I theater. ever saw that I'm like, I'm really glad I saw that in 3D. I think it's better than if I would have seen it in 2D. All right. We're going to come back to Star Wars yep. later, yeah, and I want to talk about some negative notes, and it's going to piss off Nick. None that I have. I'm talking about other people. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Don't give me that face. Nick just looked at me like I killed a rabbit. All right. Oh, you mean awful. how like The Martian is better than Interstellar? All right, that's enough. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said just kidding. So, oh. on to number nine. Okay. <laughs> so, Nick, you and I have yeah. some disagreements about your number nine, but Oof. I'm going to lay off. Yeah, that's fine, because I'm going to win right now, because I think everybody else at the table agrees with me. That's fine. That you can eat a butt. Because so, number nine is X Machina. She can't eat a butt. Exactly. <laughs> I agree. I think we can all you don't attest know. that you don't Sonya know. can eat a butt. Damn. You don't know. But yeah, I can. So, <laughs> X Machina, which... Which some would describe yes. as a methodical, tightly constructed chamber but. piece <laughs> with three incredible performances. And I would agree with that. Who's the third? We got Oscar Isaacs. Yeah. We got Dom Hall Gleason. And Alicia uh, Vikander. Yep. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just I just love this movie. I mean, it's such a such a strong script in terms of pacing and building suspense and making you think that there's going to be like I felt like it really took into consideration what our preconceptions of what this type of what this film should be, and I kept playing with that with the idea that Dom Gleason should be. Uh, you know, the twist was coming at any minute, and there really wasn't that big of a twist at the end. No. But it was just, it was just so, so well done. I mean, it was just such a beautiful, polished film, and it was like, yeah, this is how you tell a story with really three main characters, and that's a in a centralized location. 
I really yeah. did. I liked yeah. all the performances a lot. I like all the actors a lot. I thought they did great. Uh, it was beautiful. But yeah, I think I was looking for something different. I oh, think I think if it had another hour to develop more, I'm I'm a big fan of the movie AI, <laughs> the Spielberg Kubrick Haley Joel Osment love it <laughs> Haley Joel Osment joint fucking love that movie and it had so much going on so this film I was like oh that's it okay it's weird but I understand well it was delightful and I enjoyed gotcha it. Mm-hmm. and it's on several other people's <laughs> top tens. Frank has it on his top uh-huh. ten, but his number right nine is Boner Tomahawk. Boner Tomahawk. Boner Tomahawk. I have movie? not seen. It's Boner a lot Tomahawk. of fun. I think you might like it. It's, it's on Amazon Prime uh, right now. That's where I saw it because it had like a limited theater release. Yeah. Um, it mixes two two of my favorite genres: horror and westerns. Nice. So, um, oh, I didn't know it was horrorish. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't completely feel horrorish, but um, what's the horror uh, aspect of it? Um, cannibalism. Cannibalism. Shit? Yeah. Oh. Um, they go into. I don't want to ruin the whole story, but um, well, you ruined something no, for me already today. Yeah. Um, All right, we're getting a move on tonight. My number nine, which oh, we're going back. He had to the Star same Wars. mustache back in Hateful Eight too. He kept that from he, from right. Tomahawk. Yeah. You're talking about Kurt Russell's yeah. big ass chops. Yeah, his chops. Okay, number nine is Kurt Russell's big ass chops. <laughs> Also, my number nine was Star Wars Force Awakens because of Don Hall Gleason. Yeah. And everybody I talk to <laughs> loves him in it, and I just are I, you talking only is that to women? Kylo Ren? I am talking only. Is to that Kylo Ren? Um, he's you know. No, that's Adam Driver. Who oh, was, oh, is that a real question, Mike? Don Hall Gleason played General Hux. He's, hey, that's a good thing because General he Huxtable. hasn't been established as like a stereotype character yet. Don Hall Gleason is um, Brendan Gleason's son. He's kind of an up yeah, and no, coming actor. Yeah, no, I love actor. him and everything else I've he's seen. A, he's great in just for some reason, I just didn't really care. For I understand him as he's kind of young. Um, there's a role similar to that in some of the older films uh-huh. where it's just kind of like, oh, this is this guy again. So there's not there's not substance to General Hux. Yeah, but he it looks, just felt weird to me because like. You know, Kylo Ren is this younger character. That Adam Driver and Gleason yeah. are like the same age, and right. you have like the two right. leaders of this movement being Everybody's in like pretty the early thirties. Everybody's pretty young in the film. <sighs> I mean, John Boyega. He, how old is he? Probably Five? in his twenties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what's Daisy her face? Ridley? Yeah, Daisy Ridley. She's a young girl. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the ages at all. You see all the old people in there anyway. Yeah, it just felt so, weird. It just felt like what that the the leader of what he's the leader of the military arm of that like what he rose up I know but if you quickly. look at those similar characters in the older films they're all kind of how old was Vader when it was Anakin when he became Vader like 23 yeah maybe because well it, I can't get that deep into it the that they say was in was in episode 2 and it, he was like but by the time Vader reaches 18 when we okay think of New Hope who was General Hux's you know Moff Tarkin. Yeah, and that dude is not in his 30s at all. Right. That's an old man. Yeah. I didn't have a problem a with dead it. Old man. I mean, it, it didn't feel weird. Yeah, dead old man. Sorry. They brought him back that. to life though, in episode 3. Yeah. But CG. It's kind of a, a really, you know, like throwaway character. Um, but if you think Donald Gleason is really cute, <laughs> you really like General Hux. Is so there I don't any care. Tall, thin. thin British, British guys with bad teeth whose butthole you don't want to eat. <laughs> I haven't met one yet. Okay. Let's move on, Mike. Number nine <laughs> on your list. Uh, let's see here. Number nine. All right, since I moved those things. <laughs> I'll toss... Um, I'll toss Spectre. 
to uh, just, to number just nine. Okay. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> so Mike's number nine is the James well, Bond movie. I'm having an anxiety attack in a minute. Okay. I know. So I'm, I'm looking at your top ten list. Well, I had a movie. I've seen Revenant and no. Sicario and Hateful Eight. Yeah, but you. That's fine. Let him have number nine as a spectre. This is death height or not. <laughs> All right. Mike, pretend that you have to finish your sentence within 30 fucking seconds. <laughs> Whoa, Tell us what, what you like about Spectre. We just spectre. went off like for five minutes talking about Star Wars. Spectre. What do I expect to hear about Spectre what from Mike? What do you expect to hear? To hear? Yeah. <laughs> um, not the greatest James Bond, but definitely the best one. Uh, the <laughs> that, 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 uh, best Daniel Craig. Not Craig's. the greatest, but definitely no, the best one. The no, best of Daniel the, Craig's. No, no, the the best no? of the ones that came out this year. So I would rate them. Last you know, year. I would do Skyfall, then I would do Casino Royale, then I would do Spectre, then I would do Quantum of Souls. I'll let you go. Casino um, Royale, Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum of Souls. But okay, okay. But this um, is Mike's list, though. I would just oh, say. I would just say. No, I mean, so Roger Deakins, you know, Don't cinematography know incredible. Yeah. Um, okay. Really, really neat. And uh, <laughs> I loved. Well, you're making me speed this up. I feel like it's okay. Um, and also, well, to be fair, Mike, your review of the Avengers is what's making you have to That's speed right. up right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, this is your Nick butting in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, it felt like a classic Bond, which I thought okay. that they've sort of gotten away from with a lot of the Daniel Craig films, with the exception of maybe Skyfall. But even that didn't really feel. Like the classic Bond formula, this felt like we had a a established villain that felt very classical in his nature, and the fact that they went to Spectre, the organization of the original Bond films, the original primary antagonist, I thought that was really cool. And you know, right. Christoph Waltz is He's an incredible. Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he is the Christoph Waltz. Would you mm-hmm. put your Goldfinger in his octopusy? <laughs> <laughs> I would do that, and I would also enter with my mouth as well. Oh! So, yeah, is that a name of a I don't understand. Yeah, enter with my mouth? Never say never again. Never say never again. Oh, my God. You only live twice. All right, no, let's no. go on. Drew. <laughs> Drew, number nine, according to this list in chronological order, is the one I love. Yeah. Uh, Talk about it. What the hell is that? The one I love is a Duplass Brothers oh. film. Is it? It is. Nice. Well, it's, I have a Duplass Brothers I mean, film it's on him. my list. Okay, which it's one? Mar- it's Mark Duplass. Yeah. Uh, you I enjoy it greatly. Yeah, I do too. And uh, Elizabeth uh, Moss. Moss. Okay, and I like her a lot. It's essentially a, a, a 90-minute two-person scene in two locations. Oh, yeah. oh this is a Netflix film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay. Um, I just enjoyed the shit out of it because it was beautifully acted, great high concept um, that was really grounded and just just really interesting, really well acted, really well done. Great example of making a movie for fifty grand with two people. Nice. Um, it's just really enjoyable. If you haven't seen it and you want great like date movie, like let's watch <laughs> this movie with it. Seriously, like. It's a Everyone, chill I mean, chill. for those of you who are not asexual, like, <laughs> like so Frank and Nick and Sonia, if you if you want to like have a girl over or I, or guy, whatever you're into okay. that week, Sonia, um, it's a great movie to watch. So all right, all right, yeah, um, I love that movie too. Let's keep going. Number right. eight, number eight, like spider legs, Nick. What right. is your number? My number, spider eight. legs, is Mississippi Grind. Oh yeah, <laughs> I. 
love this movie, and I saw it right at the tail end of uh, 2015. Uh, and why didn't you mention a really good actor who's in it? Uh, Ben uh, Mendelsohn. Love fucking Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, because the Ryan Reynolds of it overtook the Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, I've seen Ben Mendelsohn in a bunch of shit, and he's always really good. Yeah, he's solid. Alright, alright, alright. But you need to talk about Ben Mendelsohn. First off, uh, the filmmakers behind this, uh, Ryan Fleck and Anna Bolden, I think is her name, they did Half Nelson, which was like one, is one of my all time favorite films. Grab <laughs> <laughs> it up, grab it up. Um, so they did that, and so I was really excited about them doing this film, and I enjoy Ryan Reynolds a lot. And I just think he's not always in the best of things. Nick is about... <laughs> God, I wish somebody would have thought about this beforehand. No, that's our oh, sound effect for okay. when Nick gets a hardcore boner for Ryan Reynolds. It's going to happen a lot. Revving up lot. his engine. That is February. Always. But I, I also Constantly. very much enjoy Ben Mendelsohn, okay. uh, who is great in... Uh, Everything. Uh, Killing Him Softly the and Start Up. Is he in the 18? I think he was in the yeah. team. He was like Benedict. Um, isn't that Netflix show that was really, really good uh, with uh, Coach Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was just. I don't know really why Ben Mendelsohn is not in Mad Max. He's he Australian. should definitely be in Mad Max. <laughs> Maybe too. But it's nice that, you know, you take somebody like Ryan Reynolds who's very charismatic and immediately watchable and you bring them down to this kind of smaller scale level and it just lights up the whole movie. What the hell is this movie about? It's a road movie. Yeah. Essentially, it's just them traveling Ben Mendelsohn owes some money to some people, and it's about gambling, <laughs> and it's it, just the two of them totally going around trying to make It totally fell under my ra- radar. Like, yeah, I did. Check it out. You're, you're, I yeah. love everybody that's involved with it, and I had no idea that it even existed until I, I think I just stumbled it upon like it on Amazon. It was a limited release. Yeah. Okay. All right, Frank, you're number eight. We're going back to Ex Machina again. Yeah. What did, what did you like so much about it? Do we want to go back to X Machina? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you been discussed? Oh, that's your number eight. We don't have to talk about it, but. Well, I'd rather just go on to, like, Cartel Land. No, that's our number seven. Stupid. What do you like? Okay. What a great year Poe Dameron is having. Eight. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. He was in X Machina, and then he learned to fly an X Wing and join the the Rebel Forces. In General Hux, he got a promotion from being a fucking nerd. And then he became. And now he's Apocalypse. Crazy. Was he also in the most violent year last year? Oh. Man, yeah, Oscar Isaac. Um, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, Oscar. Yeah. Show me a He's hero. The shit, and I knew it because I'm awesome and special. I knew it in yeah. Drive. <laughs> and he played. I was like, this motherfucker, uh, somebody. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I was. I thought he was really awesome, and I think I remember seeing him in. Uh, I thought it was a Coen Brothers movie. I don't know if it is. Inside Lewin Davis yeah. was like the. F- there we go. Yeah, I think that was and the I was one like, that really broke through. He can play like. Anything, any nationality. Yeah, his insane range. And yeah, he really does. He's Guatemalan, but it's crazy. Like, no one really quite knows what you he is. You never see yeah. a, a, a Hispanic actor who can play all different all kinds. All the brown people? Yeah, I mean, this guy puts the whole racist thing going on right now as you a brown, big topic. You can be Puerto Rican. He puts it down. You're brown, you can be Egyptian. Yeah, apparently Oscar Isaacs can uh, bust through stereotypes, which is great. This is the pen. I'll write you down. can see my pen. Okay. He grows a fantastic beard. He grows. <laughs> and he grows. He a fantastic After Frank beard. saw Ex Machina, oh. he showed up <laughs> yeah, next, oh, next day with a big <laughs> ass Oscar Isaac with the beard. dance. Did you do the dance? And he did a dance yeah. with an Asian woman. I, I enjoyed that dance. I was an Asian woman for a while. <laughs> you played both parts. Yeah. Oh, okay. My number eight ah was Creep. I'm a big horror film fan, so... No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I care. And um, I think Nick cares, too. Um, so I have, a, I have 
four horror films on my top ten because I'm a big horror film fan. And so uh, Creep was, um, you know, a horror comedy. Um, I thought it was really weird and hilarious. It's a Duplass, Duplass, mm. Duplass uh, film. And I don't know which dude is, is it Mark or is it's it? It's Mark. Okay. That's his acting. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jay also, Jay Duplass is in uh, Transparent and a couple other things, but okay. I think Mark Duplass has gotten the bigger. Yeah, he plays a total weirdo. Better. He reminded me a lot of Drew, this guy who's out in the woods. Yeah, I got a Drew right? sense from that. Uh... He's out in the woods. He's pretending to be like this dude who lost his, or he's about to die and lose yeah. his family. He's totally full of shit. But he gets this, this filmmaker to come out there. I'm not giving anything away. He gets <laughs> film- He'll find that out until the very end that he's full of shit. No, you can tell the guy is well, nuts. you have great introspection. The motherfucker's Wait. nuts. You can tell right Introspection? Off she can look inside yeah, herself. Yeah, and That's knows true. that she's a huge horror film buff. Uh-huh. That's true. So, no, I mean, he acts really weird right yeah. off the bat. So you kind of feel, you know, within the first, probably, first 15 you can't minutes. Trust this dude that he's yeah, in, yeah, something's off about him because he keeps changing his story. He's really stalkerish. He makes up shit. He decides that he's like a character named Peach Fuzz out of nowhere. Uh, Sonia, Mike Clark is right here. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a really, <laughs> he's a really like weird, bizarre character, and I was uncomfortable watching it, and I enjoyed that. I really like the goofy humor. That it's the kind of humor not it's not for everybody at all. It's the kind of thing where I could see most people watching it and being like, I hate this. <laughs> but I loved it. I love that last scene. That last um, scene is really, really good. Yeah. I Just think that it, long shot of him yeah. walking. Ugh. It really, like, nails it, you know, I thought, as far as horror films go. Um, it, had, it had a lot of stuff that I really enjoy, which is, like, a bizarreness, um, horror element, and then uh, just, like, quirkiness. You know, I, I really wanted to like it, and I, th- I think at the end I did end up liking it. But everything I read about it and heard about it was how amazing it was. And so I went in with probably unrealistic expectations for that type of film. That was the first thing I'd seen of these guys, to be honest. Like, everybody that I knew was way into uh, the the Fantasy League show. The League. league. Yeah. That's all I knew. So I didn't know what to expect. And so when I saw it, I was pleasantly surprised. All right. We're going on to Mike. Mike, you've got to know your eight because you wrote it down. Yeah, hey. I wrote it down. Yeah, there you go. There so you go. number eight, Mike. That's going to be Sicario for me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. What do you like so much about that movie? What do I like so much about it? Um, I like the visuals about it. Um, at the same time, too, um, I got uh, interested in the idea that the, the movie really promotes, at least for me, it promotes uh, futility. It promotes mm, futility. Yeah. Futility. I mean, there are, our, <laughs> pro, our protagonist, um, I forgot the character's name, but that's played by um, Emily Blunt, Blunt, right? Yeah. You know, at every, at every turn, at every turn, she's blocked. Her character runs into issues. And that also comes up at the climax of the film where uh, she's, once again, I mean, she's given a choice at the end of the film. And... What, are we waiting for a train? What are you doing? No. <laughs> She's just writing down our name oh. so you don't I'm forget. I'm writing down who I'm going to murder in order. Oh. <laughs> Somehow I'm number oh, three okay, out of nice. five, though. But. Am, I, am I up there first? <laughs> oh, no. second. Okay. Um, well, either, <laughs> I mean, either way, I thought it, I thought it was um, a cool film as far as just the way it presented that aspect. You know, I mean, people talk about... You know, not giving up and be, and moving forward and all this stuff, but there are always stumbling blocks set in front of you. 
And I think that's such a not to cut you off, Mike. I no, just, no. But that's such a cool point. I haven't read or seen anybody make that <laughs> that it, argument it, about it. But really, like it's kind of about her pointlessness. Like, yeah, she does no, not exactly. Matter. They're, like yeah. she only matters for a tiny paperwork thing that they need. And yeah, that's it. Exactly, and you find that out like five to ten minutes before the end of the yeah. film that everything that she's it's done up her to story. this point yeah it's exactly it's not her story you know uh, it, it, the roles are reversed it's it's about these other guys she's just there God like I said for that makes me work. want to re-rank mine so, so you, um, based, yeah. on, based on true story right no no uh, yeah where he has to go into the drug cartel and he's the only honest one there and everybody's against him. Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not? I think that could be Wait. Sicario face. Sicario. Uh, so, <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh no, that's Serpico. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I watched the wrong Serpico. Movie. It seemed old, but I thought it was like a Tarantino thing where they you make it look old. I think this is a really great segue into your number eight, which is a short film on Netflix out of Sweden <laughs> called Kung Fury. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yep. Number eight. Eight um, bananas. So what? What's up with that? We can do short films. I apparently. Oh, fuck yeah, it. yeah, yeah why not? I'll right. do. I'll do a goddamn TV show. Why did this end up in your 2015 to. top ten? <laughs> I'll do. I'll put a mirror on my balls for guess. twelve hours. Come on, why? Uh, why is it? Kung Fury. Wait, that, 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 is that? Like no, I'm related. Okay, not very first time I put a mirror. It was just a to-do list for tonight. Kung Fury is. One of the most unabashedly joyful experiences you will ever have in watching 26 or 28 minutes of, of cinema. It's, it is a stupid, ridiculous, over-the-top, completely self-aware and winking ode to 80s action uh, films. And um, if you show it to anyone over the age... Of 25, they will think it is brilliant, and under the age of 25, they will not even finish the movie, which makes you uh, makes me feel old and stupid. And then I had a point, and I lost it. But right. go watch it. Yeah. We interrupt this bullshit mixtape for a fresh announcement. If you're a horror comedy fan like me, be sure to check out the 80s slasher satire by Five Second Films, Dude Bro Party Massacre Three. You can get the digital download at Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. That's the number 3.com. So, number seven. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of big guys, what? number seven is Creed. Hey, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> number seven is Creed. Um, the feels. Yeah, that, I mean, it, feels? for me, it just really comes down to like the emotional seven, journey of it. Seven really good bananas. Yeah, like I a love bunch, this movie. Nice. I saw it three times in theaters. Fresh whoa, 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 whoa! You saw it three times yeah, in theaters. Just because it, it was paid, such, it was you such paid a good money a three times. That's a yeah. lot. That yeah. is a lot. It was just such a great piece of like classic Hollywood filmmaking. This really hit you in the like athletic. Like, I, I don't know what ball. it was that exactly. <laughs> It's are just they, are they just really in shape? Michael B. Jordan is such a talented actor, and like I've loved him since Friday Night Lights, and you know he's with uh, which character did he play? The main dude, the black uh, guy. He's <laughs> the, the one black, the one main in, black uh, actor in Friday Night Lights. Fruitvale Station. He was also? in Fruitvale okay. Station uh, with Ryan Coogler, who also directed this, and then who's also going to go do um, Black Panther. Nice, but it's just it did such a great job of hitting. High emotions and doing it in a strong mythical way, and it was just like you can't help but enjoy the movie. 
and I feel like that's a really difficult thing to do, especially, you know, considering, you know, big studio film and all that type of stuff. Are you a fan of the Rocky films? Not more so than, like, the average person. I mean, I've seen them all, but I also don't go crazy over them. Like, yeah. I'm not a boxing film aficionado like Frank is, but, yeah. Yeah, like, I, Frank, I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's not even really a Rocky film. It's its own thing. Yeah, it just yeah, it, it does such ties. a great job. I mean, like, it takes what's great about the Rocky films, but then it is also this whole completely new thing that it's like doing. Star Wars did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we, I think we need to ask Frank for his boxing opinion. Well, you know what? He has got created his number oh, one. Oh, yeah. oh, oh my goodness! I, yeah, <laughs> I just saw it five times. So. Oh, <laughs> really? Yes. I Listen, five let's times. go on to Frank's number seven okay. though. Okay. Cartel Land. Cartel Land. Does yeah. it have any black people in it or boxers? No, is that the vice? It has a lot of Mexicans. Yes. Okay. Um, is it the vice sort of thing? It's a documentary. No, it's a documentary. It, it yeah. Okay. Yeah. I What's the documentary? Call directed <laughs> it, but I know uh, Bigelow was the producer. Yeah. Right? So it's about the guys that are like the Minutemen sort of thing, right? Yeah. On one side, those guys suck. Yeah. But okay. then Catherine Bigelow directed follows the, the other Dark, side. Follows the, uh, the Mexican yeah. version of yeah, yeah. Vigilantes, and okay, their yeah. story is intense. All right. It's just a really, it's a really interesting story about the about what goes on near the border and across the border. Um, just the two different ideas of, 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 of guarding our borders and what goes on, you know, on, on either side. Um, that's all. <laughs> you know, okay. I, uh, I, I, I watched the first 40 minutes today, and, fi- and I feel like if I were to finish it and watched it last year, I definitely would be on my top ten, too, because yeah. it's yeah. cinematography in this thing is fucking insane. And... The things that they set up that you think are kind of traditional documentary stuff feels more like like narrative fiction. The way the plot elements come together and it, it it's really really good so far. Yeah, the, the parallel stories that they tell to tell both yeah. stories on both sides of the board is really really neat. Um, the militia from the American militia and the the uh, ensuing military that's trying to be developed from the civilians mm-hmm. as they're trying to take over the cartels. Well, you just they... relate so much with the Mexican civilians and what's going on on that side of the border. And Maybe just, you yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> but then the... the, the, I, just, the I, I don't want to ruin too much for okay. you because you haven't yeah, finished Yeah, I guess that's true. I haven't got too much into it, into it because okay. you're at that place, so I don't want to ruin it for I still have an hour left of it. Yeah. It gets really good. All right. Sonia. So my number seven, probably none of y'all saw. It was a recommendation. So cool. No, I'm not, it's not that it's you know. You saw it before anybody else saw it. <laughs> it's not one of those hip things. It's one of those things where it, I don't even like remember it in the theater. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't even like, know. It's so far <laughs> from being hipster that it's not. It's not even, even hipster. hipster. <laughs> I, do, I do think it's better than stupid ass ex machina um, because it's it's a truly um, like. It's a true sci-fi film. Um, Ex Machina, I, I feel, is more of like a different... I don't know. It's a love story. It's, it's some other shit. Where did you see this? Where did I see what? <laughs> so Predestination, I just saw on Amazon. Um, it's, it's like got a lot to do with time travel. And so much so that you start feeling like you're going so deep into the rabbit's hole. Is that that movie with Bill Pullman? <laughs> no. It's got... Um, uh, Ethan Hawke. Mike just brought me a knife for my peanut butter. Oh, crackers. good, good. I'm glad that everybody started taking a snack break while I'm talking about predestination. This is me. I don't know what <laughs> <my> <laughs> is. I just about this movie. No, uh, the napkins are for everyone. 
What the fuck do I need a napkin for? Nick's the type of guy to share. Are we gonna eat? All right. Mike, settle down. This makes for really bad podcast right now. Either. Yeah, picking predestination does make for a really bad podcast. Whatever. Um, let me go to your list and pick something. Whatever didn't put Mad Max on the top ten. So, predestination. It just is really... It's a really simple plot. It, de- it deals a lot with time travel. It has like a... Um, I can't remember the name of the film right now, but... It, mm. It's got like an 80s sci-fi um, feel to it, which... Highlander. <laughs> not so much Highlander. So, Mike, number seven is Ex Machina. Yeah. Oh, I'm so fucking sick of this movie already. That's why I skipped mine. Thank you. Um, Mike, what did you like about Ex Machina? <laughs> Everything that wasn't in predestination, I liked about X Machina. Predestination, so no, first thing. Like it's been, like we've all been passing it around. I mean, the the it's three characters in one single location. Yeah, we have. It's three characters in one single location. Um, Is it three you, characters in one single location? Three characters in it's one, one single, single location. location. Yeah. Um, also, by the way, which I thought one of the, the things that really c- was cool is the fact that the locations were freaking gorgeous. Yeah. Whoever scouted this film out um, yeah. knew something, knew about the the landscape hotel, this random joint in the middle of Norway. Yeah, Airbnb. You know, it looked like Alaska. Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, for, I mean, it's 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 probably one of the. I mean, I like really clean films. You know, with all these. Um, Hyper, uh, hyper sharp, ultra sharp films that are coming out with the, and also that accompany, you know, the cameras that are ultra sharp, very um, HD, you know, 6K, 8K, etc. Um, I just really like that that look that they can achieve when they really focus on, you know, controlling all the colors, controlling everything about the look of the film. It gets very precise and technical, and it just makes it look incredible. It makes it look absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the previous film that I would say was as good looking as this would probably for me be Prometheus. Mm. But um, I mean, honestly, I think Ex Machina and just the way it presented everything was now trumps that as far as my the prettiest film that I've seen. So um, okay. Yeah. It was pretty. Uh, All right, pretty. moving on. To <laughs> seven for Mike, Drew. Mike, I agree with everything you said. Oh, I support well, that. Thank you. Yeah. Drew, the okay. wolf pack. Wolf Nobody pack. here saw it. Did you actually see it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did you see it? No, I'm just doing the wolf pack. Okay. Wolf pack. I, Let's I watched talk the about first ten minutes the of it. wolf pack. Did Mike it? I thought oh, I was going uh, to. I feel something about those kids creep me out though. I feel like yeah. almost every movie is just like something you chose off of Netflix because you didn't know how to fill it up, <laughs> but. What's up with the wolf pack? <laughs> wolf pack is about a uh, bunch of kids who were raised basically in a in a, in a basement okay. um, and weren't were allowed to go out like once a year. Um, the only contact they had with the outside world is through movies, um, documentary. So it's like us. Documentary, yeah, I like that. It's a very similar. <laughs> totally like recording us from our. Oh, parents, this is a documentary. So, yeah, it's a doc, and they um, they let these kids out to experience the world for the first time, and and. They're sort of these Hollywood versions of what they think people are. It's just sort this of, it's, sounds totally fictional. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good. It's a really. How did good, they even got find a bunch these of good dudes? Reviews. Yeah, I got a bunch of good reviews. I actually. It um, sounds like abused children, and they found out. It is. It's, it's exactly, exactly what, what it is. is. It's 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 a oh. pretty 
sad story, but it ends up being pretty redeeming and pretty wonderful. So That sounds good. I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, I kept cool. seeing it pop up and I it's was just like, something I randomly saw on Netflix. They need to change the cover. Make it you know, have them in the basement all like skinny and tired and old and but that's sad. A, like they, that's, they like it though. Yeah. They they make movies and they, yeah, they like make reenactments of these, like reservoir dogs and they make props. And so everything. the cover of it looks like reservoir dogs. Yeah. So I just I thought it was just like a regular movie and some entourage bullshit. I didn't know yeah, what it was. Worth watch. Alright. I so, love the idea of it. I just so, like that dynamic just made me really uncomfortable yeah, I, didn't, to watch. I didn't actually see it I just read I figured, on yeah, oh, okay. I knew you yeah. didn't I read so on AV Club that it was good yeah. so I put it okay. on you know what Nick what? you need to shut up and talk about your number 6 mm. no I won't do it <laughs> and then I'll hold the whole podcast alright my number 6 was The Hateful Eight I already said the stuff I had to say about it no you didn't yeah I did I said how fun it was to watch it in uh, 70 oh, millimeter oh you did he so, didn't say that no, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nick is getting tired <laughs> Um, that's fine, Nick. If you don't want to talk about your number, you know, what everything that you had said about previously, I this is going to get with. progressively worse, isn't it? Yo, just this one, I got yes. You're going to say I've said everything I need to All right, say. The big already. thing about the Hateful Eight for me was just in terms of the theater experience. I mean, the road show. yeah, the roadshow experience of seeing it at 70 millimeter right. and going out and all that stuff. It may be completely different when I watch it on. You know, on demand or just online, whatever. Is that when you demand to see it and then you just put the DVD in? (laughs) (laughs) All right, just ask Frank. All right, Frank, your number six was how do you pronounce this? Sicario? Sicario. Here's another one. Uh, I want to hear what he has to say. I don't care if we talked about it already. You're going to tell us what you liked about no, it. No, I'll, I'll leave when Sonia's comes up Del Toro. Her shit. That's what I liked about it. Benicio Del Toro. He's, uh, Come on! Alright, go ahead. <laughs> I remember him in a James Bond movie. <laughs> Alright, so Benicio, Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, he was in. Um, no, he wasn't. That's Javier Bardem. No, no, he was. No, he was in an original Bond with. Um, Brosnan? T- Timothy. Wait, Timothy Dodd. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's right. Oh yeah. shit! It was um, the Living Daylights. Maybe I'm not yeah, precisely and sure. Aha did the soundtrack. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. No, he was like a young kid. He's like. Oh. He, he's like cutting someone's like. He's got like a. Switchblade moves all He's basically the same in everything. But good. But it's good. I don't care if he's the same. I like James Bond movies. I like when he's the Wolfman and everything. They are, but they're fun. So Sicario, you really like him, and what else? Um, I think I like the descent into the criminal world that that plays alongside the soundtrack. Um, Oh, it's a really. um, It's very different from any other cartel movie I've seen, which is usually. It uh, glorifies a lot of the criminal elements. They should really show just the brutal realism that is that is the, the Mexican cartels, all of the cartels, um, and how it's how it affects us crossing into the uh, crossing over into America, especially starting with the opening scene. Um, Here um, in Arizona, in Chandler, Arizona, yeah. Chandler. Um, just the violence. It was violent. It was honest. It was brutal. And I dig it. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's probably the best uh, commentary we've yeah. had so far. Nice job, Frank. So, number six. Wow. Can I have a cracker now? Jesus. Number six yeah. is a film that Nick kept saying he would see and never did. I don't I think anyone see. else saw it. It's another horror film called Spring. It looks really good. Really fucking weird, independent, very unique horror film. It's got some CGI. It's got some practical effects. It's mostly set in Italy. It's a really weird love story. Um, it's very, um, it's just different, and it makes you feel weird. Like, you know, like it has a, um, 
it, I mean, it's, I don't know what it's filmed on. I don't know the cinematographer, but it's got a definite, a definite look. It's got a definite art direction. Yeah. And, and it, it sticks with you. It makes you, um, really get into it. And, um, I know it's, it's, it was received by a lot of horror, horror film fans really well. Um, I thought it was, it was, you know, not your typical horror film, not your typical love story. And, um, and it feels like right now in general is such a good time to be a horror film fan. Really? Like, I just, I feel like, and I, I'm not. Really uh, no, a I thought film, the 80s just, was the best era for well, I'm not saying it's the best, but it just feels like there's like a resurgence in really good indie films there that is, are horror. Yeah, indie stuff is really hitting it out of the park. Um, anything that's coming out, you know, big budget, yeah. uh, box office, is, it's just the same old shit and it's not good, but. The same one. Yeah, there you go. Um, Frank just showed me a really cool poster. They have great artwork I, I think for the you told film. Me about this movie the colors I, are really yeah, pretty. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I wish more people had seen it, but I think that um, I hope these filmmakers um, continue to make like similar films. Um, all right, Mike, number six. What what did you pick? Um, all right, Mike, number six. What what did you pick? I have a cream bar in my mouth. A violent year. <laughs> I don't, yeah. Most Thanks violent? for bringing the peanut butter Why? to the iPod. To the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said iPod. To talk. <laughs> the most violent year. Um, it's been a peanut butter. It's been a it's been a while since I've seen a moral thriller, <laughs> and that's exactly. Immoral. God damn it, Mike! You just stepped up your game. Damn! He put his baseball cap on. Well, I mean, these were ones that I had, you know, before <laughs> before, before I got a chance to see the revenue, before I got a chance to pass it off to you guys. Um, you know, I had. These were already on my list, and I was, I was, I really liked uh, Violent Year because it was a moral thriller. You know, Oscar Isaac once again. You know, he's starting to climb the ranks as far as popularity, which is good for him. You know, but at the same time, I I'm worried that you know he might, since especially since he joined the Star Wars cast. You know, it's it's iffy what happens to those people once they join that um, that series. But regardless, um, a most violent year. You know. This guy was just, the storyline was just, this guy's put in situations where there's an easy way, not necessarily like illegal, uh, like illegal, but at the same time it's not 100% like the right path to take. And then there's the hard way, which is definitely the righteous path, the right path to take. And he always, he was faced with that and I just love the way that they kept on pressing him and pressing him to choose between those two paths and this this character always chose the absolute right path I love that regardless of what was uh, like put in front of him and things got really really hard he was getting close to being estranged with his wife and stuff was getting dangerous and still you know he he was like I'm going to do this because this is the right thing to do and such, I thought such that a was, great character. That's yeah. a very similar theme. I haven't seen this movie yet. It's very cool. I've heard a lot of great things about it. Um, I love the actors. What, Isaac, Oscar Isaacson. Oscar Isaac. Jessica yeah. Chastain. Oscar yeah, Isaac. Chastain, yeah. Yeah. Jessica Chastain. Uh, between JC, her. Uh, JC, what's his name? Chandler? Chazes? 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 Yeah. The director of it, though, he also did Margin Call, which is really, really good. So between Emily Blunt and Jessica Chastain, who would you rather... We already know. Well, okay, yeah, I guess the world is in the Really? Emily Blunt, even with the accent and everything. Was that just a good Just after she got an accent. So that's why I'm in my 
I enjoyed Why is that it. Plus, I don't know. Plus, it's plus it's also the the one of the other things I liked about it. Is I would not a, lick American buttholes. That'll <laughs> <laughs> um, be the name of this episode. Thanks. One of the other things that uh, I like <laughs> is the fact that not many people really knew what was happening That's during really the oil wars, the gas wars. Um, I certainly don't for, know what happened during yeah, the oil or gas wars. Yeah, and you know that, where, yeah. where you have heating oil and stuff like that, and there's a lot of corruption that went on during that I, period. I love and, films where an actor de- or where the character decides he's only going to be completely stuck to his morals, regardless of whether they're good or bad, right or wrong. Yeah. That's why. Um, that's why I was blown away when I saw it. Reminds me, Miller's Crossing does that, and I love yeah. that. It's one of my favorite films. Yes. So. All right. So let's Me. move on to little old Drew. <laughs> little Drew. Big giant baby Drew. B- oh. Um, you start off good, but then you put in baby. I'm sorry. That was Andrew Wolverton's thing. So, oh God, Ex Machina again. <laughs> Terrifically written. Super smart. Su- I enjoy science fiction. That is. Uh, cognizant of, of making sense to people with a with a more than passing interest in science. Um, I'm not a not a science expert. Not a, <laughs> like a scientist. I don't think I'm, I'm not a, a science expert. I'm, I'm otherwise known as a scientist expert. Whatever a you mean. fascist. Yes, <laughs> but uh, it held up uh, the, the Turing uh, Turing test stuff, AI stuff. Just really smart. Script is, is even smarter, and I think it was dumbed down a little bit, which is kind Thank of you. a kind of a hip thing for me to say. But um, I agree. Yeah, yeah, the script is. That's why fantastic. you should watch Predestination. Okay, so, there you go. I just want All to right. mention on that real quickly that the visuals give me hope for the Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson. That's is slated to the come director out in the future. doing this. Um, no, not the director, but the visuals give me hope that they will be presented properly. Is it going to be the is same anybody? visuals? <laughs> well, no, I mean, the idea, the idea of the human interface with with ma- machines. Oh, okay. You know, visually, I, it gives me hope for that film. I'm a <laughs> huge fan of Ghost in the Shell, yeah, I think. There's not many machines And also Ghostbusters. All right, we're just going to cut there since Mike will keep talking about Ghost in the Shell for fucking ever. So check out our 2015 list continued in part two.